0: Studios. When
1: I was listening to this song back on Power99, when they would when they would mix this with the Chief Rocker from Lords of the Underground, I would go absolutely nuts. Saturday night, Power 99, if you grew up up in the metro Philly area or you went to high school near Philadelphia like I did, the the mixes that you would hear, if you were closer to the New York side, you catch WBLS. If you were on the Philly side of New Jersey, you would catch the music on Power 99 in in Philadelphia. You You had Lords of the Underground, yeah, all of the local Jersey, Philly, actually, at Lords of the Underground. I remember EST with The Slope, The Greatest Man Alive. EST, you had, you had the Hilltop Hustlers. What y'all know about that? I know, I know my hip-hop. I know the Hilltop Hustlers. Steady B, what? EST, the old school Fresh Prince stuff. I don't mean, I don't mean the Men in Black Fresh Prince I don't mean the parents don't understand Fresh Prince. I'm talking about the old school Fresh Prince when you used to curse. All of that stuff growing up. Back on Power 99, if you grew up, in, if you if you spent a lot of time in New Jersey or you went to high school in Philadelphia like I did, those mixes, the Lords of Underground, extremely underrated hip-hop group. Do-It-All's been on this show. I remember he was running for for mayor in Newark, didn't, didn't become mayor, but, but I remember... Him telling me on this show That when hip-hop grows up The people that, that were hitting you With the 16 bars back in the day Will ultimately be running for, for mayor And governor And become leaders and civil servants Within their communities So shout out shout out to the lords of the underground They put out some fantastic music In the early 90s uh, both, both of their records Here Come the Lords and Keepers of the Funk. Legitimate, especially Here Come the Lords. Here Come the Lords is definitely on the cusp of being like a five-mic album. You got to revisit these works of art. They're they're, they're albums that have aged well. They're albums that have not aged as well. But the the work from from Lords of the Underground have, have aged very well. And trying to talk a little bit more hip-hop, I'm going to pivot to a, a sports discussion. And, and we have, we have this is this is a Throwback Thursday. So I have a great interview with my man Marcus Whitney from Jumpstart Nova that we did over the summer. I'm playing, playing. I'm doing these Throwback Thursdays for all of the new affiliates, especially WOL, especially the Urban One crowd on WOL and DC, so that you can hear what the show is about. And you can hear some of the classic Back and forth with me and Rampage, and we're arguing about who has the better sneaker collection. When it's unequivocally me, I run circles around Rampage when it comes to kicks. Now, I mean, he's a better lyricist. I mean, he's a he's a he's been more places than me. He's had more women than me. He has more money than me. Rampage is better than me in pretty much everything except for collecting Jordans. He's not. He's not on my level with the Jordan collection. But you hear some of my great interviews when I had Pete Rock on the show, I had Flavour Flavour on the show, I had Gilly the Kid on the show. Because of COVID, still hard to book some of the in person interviews. I don't really love doing the phone interviews. I like people to come in and see the whites of my eye, I like, to, I like them to see what I'm about. But, but we throw in a, we throw, we throw a classic interview or a segment every week. So I got my man, Marcus Whitney from Jumpstart Nova, who owns a venture capital firm. To my knowledge, is the only or the biggest uh, venture capital firm owned by an African-American for healthcare in the United States. He also owns a piece of Nashville FC, which is second in the Eastern Conference MLS standings heading into the playoffs. So at some point, he's going to hoist the supporter shield. And Marcus is in. Marcus, you want to talk about. So you want to talk about what happens when you hire Lance Day. Marcus came to interview here. At Paragon 7 Studios.
0: Paragon Paragon 7, 7, 7 Studios. And he was Studios. so
1: enamored with our office and how we feng shui the place and all of that stuff. Well, I said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador for, for Paragon 7, just like I'm a brand ambassador now. For Episource and Inciting Health and Engaging Health and, and of course, U.S. Hunker." Long story short, Marcus moved Jumpstart Nova into industrious office space here in downtown Nashville. Rented out four or five offices, and he moved his company here. So now I get to see Marcus every day. I'm in the copier room, and who's who standing behind me looking to, to, to bang out some SOWs but 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 Marcus Whitney? So that's what happens when you hire Lance Jay. I'm, I do my best to, to power broker and bring talented brothers like Marcus in, into my circumference so that they can experience the great experience that I've had here at Industrious Office Space, but I digress. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this article. We we got a short segment because I got this this interview that I'm gonna play with with Marcus. But I was listening. I'm always listening to sports talk radio. So Monday I was listening to sports talk radio, and I was listening to Colin Cowherd. And I don't I I don't I've talked about Stephen A. Smith on the show, but mostly because of his his bojangling. I'm not really one to. Go after other people. I don't care what other people are doing. I don't care about your pockets. I don't care about what you're talking about. I was was talking about with Isaac Palmer Jr. I was talking about Dave Chappelle. It's like, hey, I didn't like the Dave Chappelle special. I just turned it off. I'm not going to argue with you over what you should be saying. I don't love the message that Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh, rest in peace, gave. But if I don't want to listen to it, I can turn it off. and, And the truth is they're doing great radio. So Colin Cowherd was talking about Carson Palmer who went on Dan Patrick's show and said that Mike Tomlin is a is a wild card for the USC job. And I thought that was interesting. Now, he has an extension with the Steelers that keeps him under contract for the 2024 season. But I used to live in Pittsburgh. I used to be a Yenzer. And I know what the culture is like there. They don't like Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Every time where Belichick and Brady would hand Mike Tomlin his hat, which is what they did to Tony Dungy, which is what they did to Rex Ryan, which is what they did to pretty much every other good coach that has come through the AFC has gotten their arse kicked up and down I-95 by Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. People would be calling local Pittsburgh radio radio for Mike Tomlin's head on a platter. They wanted him fired, even though Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. He had to deal with crazy Ben Roethlisberger, who was lazy, overweight, in trouble. And I was at Miami University when Ben Roethlisberger was at Miami University. So I've seen his act up close. Ben Roethlisberger was accused of nefarious things. And all those things didn't come to fruition. We kind of glossed that over, right? He he had a he had a copster type of situation, an accusation didn't come to fruition. But he's been accused of very bad behavior. He had the motorcycle issue. This guy was not taking care of his body, and that's your franchise quarterback now. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's two Super Bowls. Then he had crazy. Antonio Brown, which we've seen his act. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Antonio Brown is, stream, is live streaming discussions from the locker room on his IG page. Mike Tomlin has kept that team together. Mike Tomlin has been, he went 8-8 he went eight and eight with Duck Rogers, Hodges. I don't even remember the guy's name. He's not even that important enough that I can't even remember his name. It is my job to remember his name. He had Duck Dynasty quarterbacking they've got it they miles garrett tried to split his wig he went eight and eight with that he's a super bowl winning head coach they're not as good as new england pittsburgh pittsburgh doesn't spend a lot of money in free agency pittsburgh mostly builds through the draft they don't they don't they're not a a splash organization that's not how the Rooneys run their organization they've never run an organization that way And I talk about racism in sports all the time, and I'm not a person to pull the race card all the time. I don't think that everything is racism. I also talk about, hey, when you were at IHOP and the waitress was rude to you, it maybe wasn't because she's a racist. It maybe was because you're a complete tool bag and have no home training whatsoever. But Mike Tomlin and the way people treat him and the way that he's put in a pantheon of coaches is the, is the epitome of racism. And I'm offended. And I know that Carson Palmer is probably a USC honk, USC guy. It's wishful thinking. But I was a little offended that Colin, Colin Cowherd and other news outlets are taking his story and running with it. Now, I know it's clickbait. They've got to get listens. They got to get spins. They got to get all of that stuff. But it's so offensive to take that Mike Tomlin, who's a great coach, who's who's a Hall of Fame trending head coach, never had a losing season, Super Bowl winner. He's Andy Reid trending, and he's a young guy. I don't know how old Mike Tomlin is. He couldn't be more than much early fifties, if that. Why would he? Why would he step backwards? And coach USC. Why would he take? He's one of the best thirty-two coaches, and they say the NFL is the best coaching jobs in the world. Why would he take a step back and coach the USC Trojans when he's above that? Why would he go on the road to recruit? Why would he be at Rancho Cucamonga trying to recruit kids and trying to go to Scottsdale to get the best four-star quarterback that he get from Scottsdale, and then and then taking the and then taking a, a flight up to Medford, Oregon, to look at a three-star running back. Why would, why would Mike Tomlin do that? Mike Tomlin's above that. He's a Super Bowl-winning coach. He's never had a losing season. Now, they might have a losing season this year, but Ben Roethlisberger is old, in terrible shape, and the roster's depleted. But why is it that with African Americans, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the break, but why is it with African Americans... As soon as there's any sign of struggle, it's, it's like Denzel Washington or Remember the Titans. When he got that job, it's like, hey, we just want you to know the first time you lose a game, you're going to get fired. <laughs> you got to, you're a black man. You got to run the table to be successful. And if you, have, if you have any slip up, if you have any normalcy, any humanity, if you have a bad day, you're out of there. See that with Patrick Mahomes. I've I've read something that said that Patrick Mahomes is washed up. Patrick Mahomes has had the best start to his career of anyone in in the history of the NFL, including Tom Brady, including Peyton Manning. Now, he's had a bad month. He hadn't played well for a month, but his sample size of kicking everyone's keister is much bigger than his sample size of not playing well. But these mostly Caucasian, middle-aged sports talk radio jocks, they're out on Patrick Mahomes. He's worse than Josh Allen. Josh Allen is better than Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert is better than Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert has only been in the league for a year and six games. Patrick Mahomes was an MVP through 50 touchdowns his first year as a starter. And that was just a few years ago. It's we'll do, we'll do anything, and Mike Tomlin is in that. We'll do anything to elevate. As I've said, it's anything to say that the white coach or the white quarterback can and the black coach and the black quarterback can't. And I just thought it was offensive that someone would even think that Mike Tomlin would lower himself to go to USC. That's not a good job for Mike Tomlin. That's beneath him. He's a Super Bowl winning coach. If he leaves Pittsburgh, he be going to another NFL job. Maybe he goes to Denver, maybe he goes to Miami. Maybe he goes to the Raiders. But to say that he's going to be at UFC with the, with the band student body left, student body right is, is complete, absolute horse bleep. Lance J. Show.
0: Paragon, Paragon. Seven. Seven. 7 Studios. Studios. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmall Squad. Classic sneakers I had. Patrick Ewens. Oh, Ewing's was hot. The blue, orange, the was and white. Orange got was those. Yeah, got yeah, a yeah. fresh pair. You of those gotta those yeah. bring those into the studio. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta and I got the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar I I didn't even know that he had a shit. <laughs> and I got the Stan Smith's. I'm telling you these I don't are even know what a Stan Smith is. The Stan Smith, the green and whites, the official color. I got the official Pumas. The red suede, the blue suede. Official Pumas. Classic. So, we'll Classic. It hold, down. Up. hold up. The first Air Force Ones, the Dunks, the Flights, uh, what else was, was crazies? Uh, uh the Hibachis. James Lewis. You talking about the or Hibachis? The hibachis? I, I call them Hibachis, Harachis, okay. whatever. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
2: You hear her blazing through your speakers. It's Adriana, the personality
0: on Streets 99.3 you put that uniform on that Titan uniform you better come to work we will be perfect in every aspect of the game you drop a pass you run a mile you miss a blocking assignment you run a mile you fumble the football and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts and then you will run a mile you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network you don't know me Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally... Change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me... I'll do it for you.
2: And for every single person you love. Deal?
0: This is our shot to leave COVID behind. Yo, this your boy Rampage. Shout out my boy DJ Cam. Free agent radio, it's official. Land to land, state to state, C to C. It's going down like this. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network.
1: on the last day show, i'm sitting here with marcus whitney founding founder co-founder managing partner of, of jumpstart nova which i did not know was the only african-american vc for healthcare in the in the country a lot of people in the healthcare you know, we, we have a lot of a lot of ceos in town come on on this show uh, based on my time and, and really knowing everybody in the, in the medicare and Medicaid sector, which is, which is my business. You know, I have a relationship with rise uh-huh. um, the association here in Nashville and uh, just people from, from the different health plans here in Nashville. And, and there's just the, there's a vibe and energy about this place uh, specifically when you think about healthcare. And I, I find it interesting cause I, I do a my background on radio is, is doing a lot of a lot of talk radio and and talking about music and talking about sports and stuff like that and what i'm doing is unique because i actually will bring in a ceo and i'll say hey we'll talk about ceoing for 30 minutes but i'm also going to ask you what you think about the titans signing julio jones and if that's (laughs) going to matter or not and i'm a colts fan and then we're going to argue about that and then everybody that comes in here they have to deal with my obnoxious uh, love for for the Ohio State University. I noticed and um, ripping on 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 Tennessee, but black entrepreneurship is so important, and I teach and I really want you to to to, to speak on your perspective of it. I always tell people, salary is good, and we all need benefits. You'll make less in salary when you start as an entrepreneur than you did before. But the difference is you'll ultimately make more in salary if you're successful, but you you have the opportunity to have valuation. Few people understand that if they own a company, that there's an opportunity to get a valuation on that company. Rather it's assets, rather it's supply chain, whatever it is, whether it's intellectual property. And there so there are people, Marcus that I've observed walking around, they got a million dollars in their head. They got millions of dollars of uh, IP in their mind, but they never put it to paper. So they're in a cycle where they're working for someone and they they may be doing well, they may not be doing as well as they want, but they're working 70 hours and dealing with bosses, dealing with incompetence at times, dealing with racism for our people, yeah. dealing with sexism, yep. dealing with transgenderism, yep. dealing with whatever the whatever. ism yep. is, whatever the structure is, By investing in yourself, you really have an opportunity to build something that's generational and it's not always wealth, but it could just be ownership of something. It could be a side hustle. It could be something to pass down to your children. It could be something that takes 20 years. You strike oil, you're 20 and become you go from making 50 grand a year to making five million a year. But as African Americans, we don't always give ourselves that opportunity. I was never taught that in school. I I learned it myself. What are your so what are some of your fundamentals on entrepreneurship and and strategy for becoming entrepreneurs, moving into if someone's listening on WVOL or our, you know, syndicated affiliates around the country, and they want to emulate what you're doing, they they feel like they have a good idea. They don't want to go to Shark Tank and have Kevin O'Leary take half of their business for for 75k. <laughs> They want to invest in themselves. How, 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 does, how does one do that?
2: Well, it, you know, to back up just a little bit, one of the storylines that has uh, reemerged and I think finally is getting its proper place in American history is the story of Black Wall Street and right. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa right, and, because it's 100-year. Right, yeah. right, it's 100-year anniversary. And, um, you know, I think the reason why it is important is that uh, entrepreneurship in America can be taken for granted, mm-hmm. right? We, you know, we talk about voting rights as something that, you know, we fought so long to right. be able to get, um, you know, the right to be able to live in any neighborhood, the right to be able right. to go to any school. We, you know, we, we, we talk about those things. We don't necessarily talk about the right to operate a business, right? As, as a, as a right that we have fought for. Um, but it is, it's one of the greatest benefits of being uh, an American citizen is the right to own and operate a business. Um, it is. I mean, you can look around the right. world and see many, many places where this is just not possible. It's just not feasible either because of the way that the government is set up or just because of the overall economy. It's just right. not healthy enough to sustain it. Right. Um, no, no demand curve. Right, exactly. And, and so this, to me, this is a, it is one of the great pillars of the civil rights mm. efforts that, you know, our, our our previous generations really fought for. Furthermore, it's one of the most important things that we can develop as a competency uh, to advance uh, equality for our race here mm. in here in this country. Mm. Uh, you know, so so I don't like to sort of knock activism sure. or or any or, or politics right. or any of those kinds of things. That has its, uh, it has, its it has its place it has its place it has its place i'm i'm more of a yes and yes and kind of person right and I believe that entrepreneurship is is absolutely crucial, is absolutely yeah. vital and I also think that
1: it's an um, equalizer
2: it's 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 that's it, you know, that's my belief when we that's our my belief. our
1: people were robbed the most when i you know reparations is a real hot topic right now and I always say man if there's ever Reparations. I don't I don't control that. If if it happens, I'm not gonna complain. Yeah. But give me land.
2: Yeah. I don't yeah, want yeah, yeah. a check for a hundred thousand dollars. Give me land. Yeah. That's
1: generational. Yeah. Uh, 40 acres of land definitely will take your family out of poverty. Yeah. Um, even if it's in Wyoming or Idaho or anywhere, you can grow potatoes on that land, you yeah. can grow strawberries on that land. Yeah. You you have the opportunity to build your own infrastructure when you have land. And you know, I think it's the same thing with with our people. And you know, we see in our communities, and you being from Brooklyn, have seen this, we don't always own the delis and the storefronts and the stuff that are in urban communities. They're no. not, they're frequently not owned by us. No. So the dollar doesn't circulate within our own communities. We're taking our dollars and we're giving it to other communities, and then we're programmed as African Americans to give our money to Nike, to give our money to Ralph Lauren, and yes. I, me especially. You see my shoe wall. Me especially have have fallen into those those yeah. traps. Yeah. But investing in ourselves is is just a game changer because when you own your community, it's a lot harder for someone to disenfranchise it. Just disenfranchise you, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. It, no. Yeah. Look. It 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 is now. It doesn't mean that it hasn't. Happened, right? Um,
1: well, Black Wall Street is a good example because they own their own community and they came in firebomb yep, the whole community. Yep. Black yeah, Wall just, Street is a
2: good example. Right. Um, you know what happened to Tony Sebrin and mm. and uh, Sam Howard here mm. here in in Tennessee is, is a good example. That was that was less of a firebombing right. and more of a judicial attack, right? right? Um, but but look, uh, I I I th- I think that we have a lot of momentum. I see yeah. a lot of. Black entrepreneurship happening in America right now, which is really exciting. I wouldn't have raised a fund if I didn't believe there mm. was a lot of great opportunity to invest in great black founders. I do believe that. I see that. Um, so I, I'm mostly encouraged, right? But I but but we we always can can use more. You know, mm. I I wrote a book called Create and Orchestrate, and you know I put my mug on the cover of the book mostly just to make sure that you know if there is a business book section in a store and people are walking around cuz you know a lot of business books written by white guys right you know what i mean um, and so i just want them to kind of see right. hey we can also write business books right we can, we also, can also sort of we can also write we can right. write, right. we can and write read. you know <laughs> yeah exactly man yeah look man it, it, exactly and 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 look i think i think one of the the important things is we we have to come to terms with the reality that um, we we are coming from behind right. in this overall race that's just the reality and if you want to do things like, and you don't have to, by the way, what I'm about to say is, is not necessary. You don't have to right. get into venture capital. Right. You don't have to get into professional sports, mm-hmm. but if you want to, you're going to have to learn how to do deals with mm-hmm. white people. This, mm-hmm. is, this is something you're going to have to develop right. uh, You know, a capability. And, and that, it's, a, it's a developed skill. Right. You know what I mean? It's a developed skill. And so I, I look, I think there's there's so many things that we need from a black entrepreneurship perspective. I'm just trying to cover a particular segment of that and mm. and, and and demonstrate that there there's a possibility there and it's not just supposed to be me here doing this. Many more of us can be doing this. No, No. like no, there's no question in my mind. More of us can be doing this.
1: No, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. And that, that kind of leads us into our, our second break. Um, I'm going to come back. I'm going to start asking you about the, the soccer, the MLS. Yeah. Because I, I find that to be fascinating as well. And I'm a, I'm a huge Columbus crew fan and um, have had a chance to go to one soccer game here in Nashville. And it was a, really good experience and, good. and just see the and see mls proliferating and just growing and getting bigger and bigger that's 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 very exciting to to me personally so we'll be back more lance Jay show after these messages you will
0: listening to the lance Jay Radio network This is
1: Lance J, aka the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, aka the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, aka the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products.